Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip Kingflow, the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, learns about our barriers, and helps us discover the tools and strengths we need for self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. The Autism Society of Minnesota has been serving Minnesota's autism community for the past 50 years. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Please go to todaysautisticmoment.com, to the new podcast episodes page, and or the episode index page, to get updates, download shows, program scripts, and interview transcripts. Interview transcripts are sponsored by GT Independence. Also, please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Be sure to become a member of today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook, where you can meet me, other listeners, exchange conversations, and find program updates, news about subscriptions and bonuses, upcoming shows, and take advantage of special offers. Please help support today's Autistic Moment by visiting todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash subscribe forward slash. I offer subscriptions for as little as $1 a month to $25 a month with lots of bonuses such as new episodes and the monthly moments newsletter sent directly to you by email, a free stylus and ballpoint pen, and items from the store at discount prices. Make plans now to attend the very first Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussions on October 20th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Seven individuals will talk with each other about person-first and identity-first language. There is no cause to attend, but I would appreciate if you would get your free ticket at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash Autistic Voices forward slash. The event will be streamlined on Today's Autistic Moments community group page on Facebook. My listeners will notice that I have a new sponsor with new messages. Leah Bowman-Smith from Mad Hatter Wellness, who was featured in my last two episodes about dating, relationships, sexuality, and consent, has prepared a dating safety ad. I hope you will appreciate the message. I came out as a gay man two times in my life. I first came out in October 2000. I came out again in 2008. I spent seven years after I was diagnosed as autistic in 2011 learning what being autistic would mean for me. When I discovered the Autism Society of Minnesota in late 2017, 
and started attending classes, conferences, and meetings. I began to see the similarities of coming out as gay and autistic. I also noticed the differences. Coming out as gay and autistic for me involved a long period of struggling with self-acceptance. I had a lot of inner conflicts with knowing that I am different from others in terms of what kinds of relationships I would have and what those relationships might cost me in terms of social acceptance and rejection. Being gay and autistic are controversial and countercultural. My journey of accepting myself as gay and autistic has brought me many losses but a greater sense of pride. I have also learned to accept my limitations and find new strengths, skills, and accomplishments. Today's autistic moment is one of my accomplishments. I am very excited to have Yen Perkis as my guest to share some of their story of coming out as autistic, asexual, queer, and non-binary. Yen is from Australia and is an outstanding self-advocate and author. Here are some examples of a few of Yen's writings. Autistic people do not need to be cured of our autism. The world needs to be cured of ableism, bullying, ignorance, and hatred. Autistic people are strong, we are passionate, and we see the world in a unique and different way. Autistic people should never have to squash ourselves down in order to be accepted by holistic society. We have the right to be unashamedly ourselves. It's our world too, after all. After this first commercial break, I will begin my conversation with Yen Perkis. Stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at miccommunity.org. If you are the caregiver of someone who is autistic, affected by dementia, cancer, or any other condition, be sure to listen to the podcast Caregiver Chronicles by Sarah and Jeremy Brown. You can find the link to their podcast on the homepage of todaysautisticmoment.com.
Welcome back. And now it is my great privilege to welcome and introduce Yen Perkis as we discuss autistic adults coming out as autistic, asexual, queer, and non-binary. Welcome, Yen. Yen, I am so excited to have you on today's Autistic Moment. I have been following your writings on LinkedIn and even Facebook, and I just got to say, wow. Um, the, the things that you have written have definitely been inspiring to me personally. Um, and I know that those that I've been able to share those writings with um, really appreciate them also. Um, you know, you, you, you are inspiring by what you write. And, um, you know, it's clear to me that your advocacy for yourself and for autistics is just, just so, again, so inspiring. So very meaningful. That's how I feel about it. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. Most welcome. So, um, October is uh, National Coming Out Month, and actually October 11th is when we celebrate coming out as LGBTQIA plus people, and I really thought it would be a great idea to talk about the similarities between coming out as autistic as well as of a diverse sexual orientation and or gender identity. And you, um, you identify on, in many of those ways. So um, I'm gonna give you a chance to um, you know, talk about that today. So, um, so Yen, what important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about in terms of coming out as autistic and of a diverse sexual orientation and or gender identity? I think the first thing is to ditch assumptions and stereotypes. There are so many assumptions in this space that are really unhelpful, you know, assuming all autistic people are cisgender and asexual, that's the stereotype. And yes, some autistic people are cisgender and asexual, but not all of us. And that whole idea of disability and sexuality and you shouldn't be, you know, people people with disability in general don't are sexless and, and don't have right. those things are very unhelpful. Yeah. Um, being aware of what I consider the neurodiversity approach around particularly autism. So instead of thinking someone's broken, you know, they need fixing, they're difficult, they're a burden, they have bad behavior and all of those things to understand that idea of different, not less. And the idea of culture and autism. And what I mean by that is that autistic people can be seen as having a different culture to um, neurotypical people. So if you imagine, that autistic people are speaking French and neurotypical people are speaking German. Now, it's not that the people speaking German, the neurotypical folks, think that the autistic people don't speak German well. Um, it, they don't understand that there is another language. And so instead of being broken, 
autistic people aren't broken, we're just speaking a different language. And that understanding and that whole idea of autistic culture is something that I find really important and underpins all our understanding around autism because autism is around communication primarily. It's not that we communicate wrong, it's just that we're speaking a different language that the people, the neurotypical folks who speak their neurotypical language don't actually understand that it's not that we are speaking their language badly, it's that we're speaking our own language, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And I don't think I explained that as well as I could have, but that is my I think you've done brilliantly, so so keep going as you feel as you feel you can. Um, you know, um, I've come out as a gay person, and then 10 years ago, I was diagnosed as an autistic and um, as I was going through my 10 years of working on self-acceptance and, um, you know, really wrestling with how society can be towards autistic people, and I couldn't help but notice that the similarities of coming, of coming out, I think it is a coming out process of being autistic. Um, and also, you know, for me, the, the experience of coming out as I was gay, but I'm gay, is so extremely similar. Um, we have a, we have cultures that do not necessarily um, respect, receive well, welcome us in both scenarios, and we also have a lot of uh, um, controversy around who we are or who we're supposed to be, according to some. And um, wow, there's just so many things that we could touch on, but you um you also are non-binary and so i would love for you to kind of talk about what coming out as autistic and non-binary what has that been like for you that process thank you it's really interesting uh, my coming out as autistic because i was diagnosed in 1994 which was about as early as you could get the diagnosis in australia but I didn't accept it. That took me seven years to accept that diagnosis. Um, I think mostly because I didn't like the idea. I saw it as a diagnosis of nerd. I saw it as, you know, justifying what the bullies had said about me at school. And as such, I really did not want that to be part of me. And I felt very threatened by the whole idea of autism. So if I saw a documentary about autism, I'd be really uncomfortable. And I didn't mm. like it. If I met an autistic person, I'd be really defensive. Um, so my coming out was very gradual and really even after I came out it took me a few more years to embrace it and that was really when I wrote my first book and at that point I'm like oh actually yes autism this is me um, I'm going to be talking about this you know you write a book about autism you sort of get thrust into the limelight whether you want to or not and um, yes I, I had to do talks and things like that so that was quite interesting and it took me another sort of few years after that to really be a proponent of autistic pride, which I, I certainly am now. Um, but it's that was a very gradual journey, whereas my journey around gender diversity was quite different. So coming out, um, so I, I always knew that my gender was not the expected. I always knew, I always thought of myself as sort of a third option for gender. So I wasn't male, I wasn't female, I was something else. But there was no language around that, the, the, the non-binary, label didn't exist until quite recently and in about 
2017, 2018, I started talking to some trans and autistic friends about gender and about my own identity. And in 2018, I think it was in August, I published on Facebook. Yes, I came out on Facebook. That's, that's the way I do things. Um, I came out on Facebook and said, look, I understand that I'm non-binary gender and this is who I am. And it was a liberation. I felt like dancing down the street. It was very different to my coming out as autistic, which is quite gradual and quite fraught and difficult. Whereas coming out as non-binary was just awesome and has changed my life. And I absolutely love it. And I love my gender yeah. identity. And I'm extremely proud. I'm extremely proud as, a, as an autistic person as well, but that took a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. And then you're all, you also identify as queer as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm asexual or I'm grey sexual, actually. So a little bit sexual. And in terms of romantic attraction, um, I won't say I'm a lesbian because I'm attracted to androgynous folks. So that doesn't have to be women. That can be women, men or non-binary people. But I'm right. romantic attracted to people um who are you know similar to me i suppose yeah 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 when i think of uh, coming out as autistic as well as being part of the lgbtqia plus communities um there is also the similarities of stereotyping even though the stereotypes are different but they are, they are stereotypes and they have their similarities. And um, I think this is a great moment to maybe walk into the second question I ask every show. What are the barriers for autistic adults of all ages in this particular subject? And one of those is, is the stereotypes and how we, not overcome, we overcome them for ourselves. I see those things as barriers. So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually got in my notes here stereotypes because I think that's a huge barrier. And the worst thing is when we take on the stereotypes and we actually internalize those. And that's a real issue. Big one is transphobia. You know, there are so many bigots in the world. In my space, I come across them all the time. Usually if I post something on gender, there's a good chance someone will give me a hard time about it. And a lot of that is ideological, a lot of that is religious, and it's really not okay. And I think for kids, it is dangerous. If you come out to your parents and your parents reject that and your parents reject you, that is putting you at significant risk of harm. So it's really important if you are a parent or if you're a family member and somebody close to you comes out, even if you do have that bigotry, just put it on hold. Don't be, don't be driven by that bigotry. I think that lack of understanding around gender diversity and autism and those ideas of, especially for children and teens, that they can't know their gender because they're autistic, I think that's so untrue. And I think the thing about that is that actually autistic people are more likely to know their own identity than anyone else because we're always having to justify it and having to question it and having to think about who we are. So I think if anyone knows their gender identity well, it's autistic people. Um, I and I think attitudes as well, the attitudes of other people can really hold us back. That can be the worst barrier, um, worse than mm. anything. I mean, I think being autistic 
there are disabling elements you know my sensory stuff is very difficult um i think you know there are elements of being autistic that make life hard but generally the things that hold us back tend to be from externally they tend to be from other people i i would have to agree with that after this next commercial break i will continue my conversation with yen perkis stay tuned Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. GT Independence is a national leader in financial management services for self-directed in-home and community-based long-term support. With self-direction, you have the right to live the life you choose, regardless of age or ability, in your own home or community. At GT Independence, our job is to help make self-direction easy. With self-direction, you make all the important choices, like who to hire, when to schedule support, how to manage your care, and even who to fire if things aren't working out. We take care of the administrative details, including Medicaid waivers, new employee paperwork, taxes, and paychecks. Founded in 2004, GT Independence is a disability-owned business that's proud to have assisted more than 25,000 people in receiving self-directed care from the safety of their own homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. By removing the increased risk of group living settings, self-directed care saved lives. To learn more about GT Independence and how to self-direct care in your state, visit www.gtindependence.com. Welcome back to my conversation with Yen Perkis. I normally don't share the messages I get via my Facebook, mm -hmm. but I am going to talk about one that was absolutely horrible. Um, and it's, I, I, I'm sad to say this, but I'm going to, I'm going to say exactly what was written, written. There was this message that was written and, um, I apologize to those listeners who will hear this and it will trigger you. And that's not my intention because it triggered me. But the comment was, do you think if you had not gotten the vaccine, you might not be a burden on the rest of us? That was the question. Absolutely awful. Um, and, and, and things like that. I mean, um, 
well, <laughs> um, absolutely awful. And one of those stereotypes, when whether we're autistic or we have another sexual orientation, gender identity, we will get those horrible messages. Unfortunately, it's it's going to come, and I think you know it's unfortunate and very sad that people actually think like that person who wrote what they wrote me yeah that's awful and people ugh. The, the problem with these people is they're so confident they're so full of themselves they've got so much you know that they're able to say those kinds of things with absolutely no sense of remorse or or anything like that um agree I think, yeah it's awful i've had a number of transphobic people I had somebody that was actually used to be a friend say all these extremely insulting things to me I'm not going to use your pronouns I'm not going to use your name um, and then some really hurtful stuff about my cat that passed away and I just think what is it with these people that they they actually think that's okay yeah um and quite frankly I don't care whether you think it's on religious grounds or no religious grounds or whatever no those things are not okay it is not okay to harass somebody because they're different whatever that difference may be um and, and you know um if you want to if we want to be bluntly honest and i'm going to be hate is a much more detrimental thing to society than someone who is autistic or lgbtqi plus IA plus, um, you know, um, but unfortunately we have those who think that that's not a problem, especially when, when there's a lot of misinformation. And let's just say that one of the barriers for coming out as autistic and or a diverse sexual orientation or gender identity is, um, is what I was just talking about um that those things are part of this unfortunately the things the way that people will respond and how um people may or may not adjust to this new news or this news that you have um let's talk a little bit more about that for our listeners because we know there are people who are hearing uh their share of of awful things so if we can talk to us a little bit more about that let's do that for the sake of those who are on the receiving end of those things the, the thing is you're never prepared for it like you never you never see it and think oh yeah it's a troll doesn't matter like i'm very strong on trolls and i will just block them and not not sort of focus on it but it still really upsets me and it's very personal and it is a personal attack it's actually attacking you and hmm. it's not ever okay. But I find, you know, I'm very strong on this and I'm very, I am a very confident person and I'm not, you know, I, I can stand up to bullies. I can actually take a bully on and say, this is not okay what you're saying. Never could do that in the past. But even I really struggle with this stuff and it is dangerous. People have died because of trolling. You know, it is not ever okay. And I don't understand them. So when I'm online, I'm sitting here now in front of my laptop and when I get on Facebook, I'm not thinking this is going out to 20,000 people. I don't think that. I don't imagine 20,000 people in their homes with their laptops looking at my posts. So I suspect that trolls are similar. 
But the problem is I'm saying positive, nice things, whereas Charles is saying horrible things and they're sitting there with their computer and not having any empathy with the people they're attacking. And I think that's a huge issue is that they don't actually feel like this is going out for these people and being mean to them. It's just like, oh, let's say something clever and snarky. But actually it's quite dangerous. And the other one that gets me, and I get this all the time, is microaggressions, which, yes. you know, bad as overt hostility but they still grind you down I had somebody say to me once at a book launch for a book that I wrote for autistic teens about getting a job so it was all very neurodiversity and strengths focused and this person said to me oh you know you shouldn't say you're autistic again you could pass for normal now oh boy <laughs> that would count as a microaggression but those yeah. things can utterly grind you down yeah yeah, that fits into what our friend Lyric Holmans and I talked about. We had an episode in August about gaslighting, um, yeah. which is microaggression. And that that is just just terrible. Um, yeah. Well, as we bridge into my final question, um, I love helping autistic adults find their 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 tools and strengths for self-advocacy. What are what steps should autistic adults and our supporters take to advocate for our needs? And one of the things that I find you doing in your writings, I have I have seen it, I have read it, and I want to say I have found great inspiration for this. One of those things that we have to do for ourselves is learn to see being autistic and being different mm -hmm. is a good thing. It's an excellent thing. Yes. It's absolutely something yeah. wonderful. So let's 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 absolutely. let's give them that 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 tool, shall we? About that. Absolutely. Foster a sense of pride in who you are, both as an autistic person and as any other, you know, diversity type group you belong to. I'm a very proud autistic person, very proud ADHD person, very proud schizophrenic person, very proud queer person, very proud non-binary person. That did not happen overnight. That did not happen instantly, but it is a great place to be. So focus on your strengths. Be yourself. You know, we're so much yeah. encouraged to mask. There's so much encouragement for autistic people to camouflage and fit in and be like the rest of the world in order to survive. I want a world where we don't need to do that. I don't do that. I did it for years. I did it so much. I lost any sense of who I actually was. Um, but now what you see is what you get there is no camouflaging going on with me there is no masking and that is so much better i had a friend tell me an autistic friend tell me the reason you have all the energy you do yen is that you don't spend any energy masking so you can actually use all your energy to do your advocacy work and do your paid job and all of those things so being yourself is being yourself is a, polit a political act for autistic people. It is actually an act of defiance to be who we are. So yes. be bolshy, go do it. Um, engage with your autistic and neurodivergent peers. That's really important. We tend to get along a lot better with each other than we do with the, the neurotypical folks, simply because we're speaking the same language. It's a lot easier. We don't have to put in effort. Um, Engage with the gender divergent peer group as well. If you're a non-binary or a trans person or an intersex person, engage with your peers because it's lovely. I go along every month and we're doing it on Zoom now because we're in lockdown, but 
I go along every month to a trans meetup um, for Canberra where I live and it's the loveliest thing and it's really nice to be around other transgender people and use your talents and skills you know we often have prodigious skills and talents which is um, mm -hmm. which is a good the other thing is assertiveness. Now that's really tricky. Uh, it's taken me many, many, many years to be assertive. Uh, I'm still not that good at it, but I'm working on it. But mm. assertiveness, boundary setting and being able to say no are really useful qualities. And just reflect on how awesome you are, really. Just reflect on those positives. Every day I write something I'm grateful for. It's a CBT therapy skill but I find that really helpful so maybe every day write down how awesome you are and what you've done that is awesome because um you know it is it, it's very easy to be ground down by all the negativity and by all the things we're apparently unable to do um yeah. but if we can flip that and reflect on what we can do and how amazing we are and all the the great things we do then that's that's brilliant and it can require that can require a change in mindset because we tend to be very negative we tend to get told what we can't do uh the reason i'm an advocate the reason i'm such a passionate advocate is that about 10 years ago i met this young man who was autistic and i told him that i was autistic i'd written at that time one book and worked in the public service and he looked at me and he said that's not true you're lying those things aren't possible mm. and so when said that I realized I had a mission I was on a mission because I had to change those attitudes and make sure that autistic people didn't listen to all the negativity about what they couldn't do but they actually listened to all the positive things about how great they are so that was that's what inspired my work in the past 10 years yeah that's the sort of thing that has inspired me to begin this podcast um I, you know I, Autistic adults are often left out of the autistic conversations is one of the things we found. And again, there's that negativity that comes around. And then to me, the lack of information that is not out there, the lack of, and, and, you know, the fact that we need more autistic voices speaking, we need them to speak. We need them to, we need to learn to not be afraid to speak our language, to start being who we are and finding some sense of personal pride, some personal um, ambition about just being a wonderful autistic person. And that is one of my many goals for this podcast to, to supply them, to supply other autistic adults with, with those, those things. And um, my listeners hear me say this all the time. And I think this is a perfect place uh, to say it again, um, coming out as autistic um, involves you being the the expert about your, I call it brand, make, and model of autism, yeah. and being the expert about talking about your autism. And my last piece that I always say, it is so important that we tell our stories about what being autistic and what being LGBTQIA plus means for us, that people hear those stories, people hear what it's like for us, and that we find the, so that we find not only other autistics becoming good self-advocates, but that we help under others, even neurotypical people understand that 
we have a story to tell and we would like them to listen. So, yeah, um, you know, um, and to me, a lot of the struggles that we do, we do deal with, as well as the journeys we make from when we're, we're diagnosed to the point where we accept to the point where we start to talk about who we are, that those things are part of our story to tell, yeah. you know, um, even our our moments where, where our sensory processing may not be uh, cooperative at that particular, that's still part of the story being told. Um, stories are often told not just by what we tell, but what we do or by what we don't do. Um, you know, even in many of our sensory processing, uh, sorry to say limitations, whatever those may be, um, there's something powerfully good in us somewhere and we need i think we need to embrace that i really do um yeah. you know uh i have come to believe that um there is an autistic culture um that we do need to embrace that culture um among other autistics and others yeah. who are um divergent in some way um, let's talk a little bit more about that autistic culture and how we can become really strong advocates and please feel free to add to anything I've already said. Yeah, I always reflect on when I go to a big autism conference. So mm. in Australia, every year we have a couple of big conferences and usually I'm asked to speak or I put in an abstract and go along and there's a group of other autistic people who go along to these conferences. And they usually have like a quiet room. And so if you go to the quiet room at lunchtime, it will be full of autistic people. And we'll always have a big conversation about whatever. And it's always the best thing. And I always think if a neurotypical person walked into this room, they would be the minority. They would be the person who had poor social skills. They would be the person with poor communication because we are the majority in that space. And I right. think that, that really, when I reflected on that was when I started thinking about the concept of autistic culture and how that made a lot of sense and that we're not actually broken at all because in that space we have great social skills you know we have great communication we understand each other we don't need and also if I meet people because I'm autistic and ADHD as well and if I meet Me other people autistic and ADHD we get along really well most of the time not always. I mean, it's a whole thing where people say, you know, autistic culture, oh, we're so much better than the neurotypicals, we're so nice. Well, not all autistic people are nice. Some of us, yeah. well, not I'm pretty nice, but there are unpleasant yeah. autistic people out there. It's not that being autistic is a, a, a recipe for being a perfect human being, because it isn't. No. But in terms of communication, being amongst other autistics is very clearly the same the same language um, yeah. and I think we yeah. need to explain that more in the world because there's I all agree. that thing about autistic people have dreadful social skills and we can't do this and we can't do that and that's the you know that's the that's the understanding around autism and it's actually wrong and the thing about empathy you know autistics lack empathy well that came from a researcher who's come up with a bunch of unhelpful theories about autism including that one um, if anything, autistic people tend, not always, but tend to have 
more empathy than the rest of the world. And the whole thing about empathy and autism is that neurotypical people lack empathy for autistic people because they don't understand the way we, we exist in the world. And so mm. we can struggle with empathy with neurotypical people for similar reasons. But generally, autistic people are very, very caring um, and actually have more empathy. And sometimes, I know I have this, you have that hyper-empathy where you can pick up on someone's feelings just by being in the same physical space as them. And that's awful. I've been in the psych ward many, many times because of my schizophrenia. And that's not a nice place when you have hyper empathy because you're picking up on everyone else's misery. But what I mean to say, and I've been a bit vague about saying is, you know, those stereotypes are so unhelpful to, to us within our culture. And we need yeah. to remember that. And we need to explain that to the wider world that those stereotypes are actually wrong. Um, mm. And I think... I think popular culture has a lot to answer for with this. There are now a number of dramas and movies and things like that with autistic central characters, which I'm not sure how I feel about because often the ones I've watched have been very stereotypical and not really advancing the cause very much to my mind. And when panel shows and things like that have an autistic person, they often don't have an advocate. So there's, I mean, I'm an advocate and I've done a bunch of media, but I know that those programs, the employment one and the dating one and stuff, they don't generally have an advocate. They normally have, um, you know, just some autistic person. And I think that's quite interesting. And some of the awards, they don't give the awards to the advocates. Um, so I do think that's quite interesting. I think advocates need more um, airplay. I think we need more people listening to us. Um, and I'm not quite sure how you sort of force that or if you can, um, but I think it is really important to listen to those voices of people whose work it is to actually advocate for inclusion. Um, you know, including yourself and myself and, and Lyric and, and all sorts of people doing good work in this space. After this final commercial break, I will conclude my interview with Yen, followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Stay tuned. from Mad Header Wellness, I would like to talk with you about boundaries for a moment. A boundary is a line that people cannot cross. A boundary can be a physical line, like you don't want someone to touch you, or it could be an emotional boundary. You might not be ready to talk about something. People cannot cross your boundary without your permission. You cannot cross another person's boundary without their permission. An example of a physical boundary is only hugging people who want to be hugged. And an example of an emotional boundary is that you get to decide how much you share about yourself with others. Boundaries can change with different people or in different places. They can change with your mood. Respecting your own boundaries and other people's boundaries is an important piece of healthy relationships.
Wouldn't life be great if everything fell in place? Sometimes our lives need a little rearranging. One of the most challenging times is when we experience a major transition, such as job exploration, moving to a new place, or simply when you are defining your path in life. During these challenging times, individuals can feel like there's a great river between you and where you want to go. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps carve a path to the destination that's right for you. Then lay the stepping stones so you can accomplish your goals. Visit us at lookingforwardlc.org for more information. Coming on October 18th, George Williams will join me to talk about autistic adults managing relationships with other autistics. George is the father of a 24-year-old autistic son. George and his wife work as consultants for home health care agencies. They also provide CEU training for agencies to meet state compliance regulations. George will be my guest to talk about the challenges autistic adults can have with our own neurodiversity and that of other neurodivergents. On November 1st, Zephyr James returns to today's Autistic Moment to talk about autistic adults preparing for the sensory unfriendly holidays. The biggest holidays of the year are getting closer. The same holidays that can be so enjoyable for neurotypical people can be full of sensory nightmares for autistics. Zephyr and I will talk about how to prepare to take care of our sensory needs. I am particularly excited to have David Gray Hammond join me for two episodes. David will be my guest for Autistic Adults Substance Abuse Addiction on November 22nd. David will return for Autistic Adults Substance Abuse Recovery on December 6th. David is an Autistic Adult with his own personal experiences with substance addiction and recovery. Plans for shows in 2022 are already underway. Topics will be from authors of great books about autistic people, eating disorders, trauma, autistic postmenopausal women, masking, and burnout. If you have a topic idea for this second season of today's Autistic Moment in 2022, or you would be interested in being a guest to talk about a particular topic, Send an email to PKLOWE at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Actually, what you were just saying um, was very similar. I did an episode during July about um, autistic adults, media portrayal or betrayal with uh, Nicola Whiting. And uh, we talked a lot about that, about how the media um, might, might try to portray us, but sometimes what they wind up doing is betraying us. Um, unfortunately, I, I concur with what you said there. Um, and, and I do think that you know, part of um, part of the coming out process for us does involve 
how we accept ourselves, um, how we learn that, you know, autism acceptance is really a wonderful thing. And that, you know, acceptance on our part and helping others to accept us, you know, um, it frees us. It, it gives us a sense of freedom from a lot of those, 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 uh, closets we sometimes put our ourselves in and you know um a, you know there are many autistic individuals who have closeted themselves because of the stereotypes the social um the social pressures or 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 rejections and that sort of thing and we're 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 saying here on this it's okay to come out it's okay to come out of those shadows and embrace yourself and to think that your autism is actually something pretty wonderful. It's okay. In fact, you need to. Um, it's, a, it's a good idea to come out and say that. Um, just as it's great to come out and say you're lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, uh, non-binary, um, pansexual, wherever you fit, it's okay that you fit there. Um, and uh, we want to help um, people, autistic people and others in those diverse spaces feel like they can be themselves. They can be a great self. And um, hopefully we can learn to, um, we can help society uh, yeah. get rid of the stereotypes and stigmas that are so often part of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to thank you so much for this. I think this is a wonderful conversation that we have enjoyed today. Wow. Um, you know, again, this just goes so much with the advocacy that I've, I've read, read you do, um, from, like I say, LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, it is, it is really, really wonderful. And so thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Virtual classes for understanding autism and best strategic practices will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota on October 18th at 6 p.m., November 15th at 2 p.m., and December 13th at 6 p.m. Learn the common characteristics of individuals with autism spectrum disorder and sensory processing disorders. Obtain valuable insight on evidence-based practices for supporting individuals across settings. Classes are free of charge. Go to ausm.org to register. Registration is now open to attend the Autism Direct Support Certification Program January 15th 22nd and 29th, 2022. The certification program is perfect for autistic individuals, parents, PCAs, and other professionals. I attended the program a few years back and it has helped me understand myself better and other autistic people that has helped me begin this podcast. I cannot recommend it enough. Register at ausm.org. On Tuesday, October 19th, from 6 to 7 p.m., there will be a virtual skill shop class by Cookable Kitchen. Cookable Kitchen 
is a new organization to empower people of all abilities to cook. Join them for a step-by-step -step online class where they will make dinner together and socialize. The skill shop is free, but limited to 20 registrants. Go to AUSM.org for more information. The Autism Society of Minnesota invites you for the fourth annual Awesome Puzzle Connections in person at the TCF Rotunda at the Mall of America or virtually on November 6th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. The Autism Society of Minnesota invites you to fill out a survey about their support groups. Go to AUSM.org to take the survey. Be sure to go to AUSM.org to download the Autism Society of Minnesota's Education Catalog 2021-2022 for these and other upcoming skill shops. If you have questions about today's autistic moment, please send an email to p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult.